Hey guys, this is your host Gooby, and welcome to the Toon Balloon Podcast, our outlet to discuss, theorize, and enjoy our favorite webtoons with the occasional anime and manga sprinkled in between. So, I am super excited today because in this week's episode, I have the pleasure to speak with a webtoon canvas creator. Now, I have mentioned her webtoon in the past in a couple of episodes of mine, and that is the iconic drama slash romance series, Pot of Gold, by Natasha Berlin. Here is a short summary of what Pot of Gold is all about. Mia Moore has decided to leave everything behind to reunite with her long-lost twin sister. Her best friend, Otto, decides to go with her, but unbeknownst to Mia, he is running from a mysterious threat. A story about love, loss, and healing broken relationships. I sincerely recommend you check out her webtoon. It is honestly so culturally diverse fresh and well-written, plus it has finished its first season, so this is the perfect time to catch up. And if you become absolutely obsessed with Pot of Gold, then you can support Natasha through Patreon. She delivers exclusive art and even sneak peeks to new chapters. I will be sure to leave all of the links to the creator's several means of support in the description box below. Considering that most Webtoon Canvas creators work independently and one can't necessarily fast pass their series, this is one of the best alternatives to supporting our favorite creators. Before we jump in, I must mention that there will be some spoilers in the second half of the episode, so you have been warned. Now let's chat with Natasha Berlin, the creator of Pot of Gold. Okay, so this is Natasha Berlin. Yay! <laughs> so I'm so excited to have you on here because I love having guests and I know we were in the talks of doing this for a while. So first things first, what got you into comic creating? Okay, so I've always been drawing, like making little stories and illustrating them is something that my sisters and I used to do when I was like seven. We'd make these like little Harry Potter picture books that we would illustrate and we'd like staple them together on like printer paper. We made all these books. Uh, And so it wasn't exactly comments, but it's still sequential art and and visual storytelling. Uh, I started making comics when I was about 12. I like, I don't know how I got into it. I, I would always read the funnies. That was like the only comics I ever really read. But uh, yeah, it was interesting. Like you'd think I would have grown up with like manga or Marvel. Yeah. I grew up with neither. just the Sunday funnies, but I started making this dumb little comic about these like airheaded cat superheroes that, but they, they, they they were just like, you know, these, these airheads that ended up getting struck by lightning and getting superpowers, but like, they're actually like not very good at saving the world. (laughs) And and they're more interested in like having cool outfits, which looking back, I'm like, there's a lot of internalized misogyny in this comic, but you know, I was 12. Uh, 
but yeah but then at some point uh that same year i was in seventh grade um my sisters and i came up with the idea for pot of gold and like we were just joking around like this should be an anime and we had never seen any anime we had never like read any manga we knew it existed but we had like no exposure to it we didn't even watch avatar until i was a teenager and so <laughs> But we were like joking about it, like, yes, you should turn this into an anime, which we were actually thinking about manga, but we didn't know the difference at the time. So, but the next day, you know, I took it seriously. I started making character designs and I have been working on Pot of Gold ever since. It has been 14 years, uh, 13 years going on 14. Yeah. I bet it was fun when you finally started to publish it on Webtoon, right? And uh, so that was how long you had it in the making. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. How did you get into webtoons to publish it on there? So that was definitely much later in the story. I the story had gone through multiple rewrites at that point. Like the first draft is not even recognizable. Uh, but at that point, I had gotten it pretty close to the version that it is now. And uh, this was like not long after I got married. Like within the first year um I had been starting to pick it up again after the mission and like worked out some like plot points and I was like okay I think I know where I'm going with this and then one Sunday morning I just woke up with a strong impression that I was like it's time to it's time to publish it it's time to write Gold. I was like okay (laughs) you started to tell me twice I've been working on this for like a decade so you know I'll, I'll do it. But yeah, and so, uh, but it's interesting because I had only recently discovered Webtoon at the time. I found Tabas first, uh, quite on accident, actually. I was doing like an internet search into like some self-publishing stuff for a friend that, a, like a friend was making a book and so I was looking into stuff. And I happened upon Tabas. And so I was like, oh, you can publish your own comics. And I mentioned to a friend, she's like, oh, you should check out Webtoon. You should read A Budgie's Life and Space Boy. So those are the two first Webtoons that I really got into absolutely fell in love with space boy i love a bunch of life too if you haven't read it i think you'd enjoy it it's yeah. chock full of anime <laughs> references oh wow <laughs> it's so good it's completed it's super cute i have to check it but, out uh, <laughs> yeah it's it's a good one i think you'd like it it's really mm-hmm. cute but uh so i started reading space boy and bunch life and then when i like knew it was time to start publishing pot of gold i just like started drawing it and like made the first chapter, which at the time was literally just like, you know, the part is like, Mia, 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 wake up. That was all of it. And there was like a panel at the end where she's waking up. That was the whole first chapter. Wow. And I just published it. I didn't know about Buffer. I had like no access to the community or anything. I just kind of like went into it blind and like, it worked out so you know all the advice that I would tell to someone like as a first creator is mostly stuff that I didn't do and should have but it worked out in the end so <laughs> I mean I love that it's on there and that everyone can have access to it and I just love how fluid it is like you said earlier before we even start recording that you get like critiques from friends and so what and I think that's really cool because it feels so much more professional when I read it <laughs> Oh man, it's, it, it definitely helps. Uh, like anytime I see a creator that makes their thumbnails without sharing them with anyone and then just go straight into production, I'm like, no, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Because like, you know, it, it's hard to tell because you know what's going on. It's sometimes it's hard to see when mm-hmm. something that you assume makes sense isn't really making sense. Yeah. And so 
like I know in in the long span there's definitely some things that I could improve on like some things that should have been clearer but uh I try to at least have each chapter within itself be cohesive and make sense and so I yeah having beta readers for my thumbnails it's really nice because they can tell me what's not working well it's cheap and easy and I can tweak dialogue or rearrange a whole page without too much of an issue. Mm -hmm. So what's the process like for creating one chapter? So for creating one chapter, the process that I've landed on at this point is I'll start. So I have a lot of the chapters prepped Um, in the past. I've had just the next few planned, like this is what happens in this specific chapter. Um, I've actually now at this point got an outline of every single chapter in the comic which will require some edits there's definitely some things I want to add to it and take away um so it's not going to be the exact number of chapters but like anyway basically I know roughly what's going to happen in each chapter I'm like oh yeah you know this character's going to be introduced in chapter 30 and like this major plot point's going to happen in chapter 62 oh my gosh (laughs) I'm I'm a little nuts (laughs) You're committed. That's what it's called. <laughs> I just, I, I'm a planner. Yeah. I mean, that's I like fine. Cause I mean, you, your comic comes out cohesive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I know where it's going, but uh, yeah. So um, I'll take the chapter that, you know, I have a rough outline of, what, of what's going to happen. And then um, I go into close studio and I just do scripting and thumbnailing all together. Uh, like I know in the past it's helped me to write out a script and then put it out as a chapter but like nowadays I found it's just kind of faster to do that way and I'm, I'm used to thumbnailing at this point especially after blue skies so but I'll go in and the the hard part is trying to arrange everything so that it fits the right number of pages because I actually print each each chapter into an individual zine uh which generally has about 16 pages and it has to be divisible by four otherwise you can't print it out and staple it the right way oh really yeah (laughs) it's just it's a self-printing kind of quirk that i have to deal with uh so like having to arrange it so it fits a number of pages it's exactly divisible by four is takes a little bit of mental acrobatics but it's 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 fun it works cool um so you plan on like actually publishing it hardcover like hard copy oh absolutely (laughs) like I think any comic artist who like has maybe even the vaguest inkling of taking this seriously as a profession should be formatting for print first because if you're just formatting for webtoon it is a nightmare to try and get webtoon format to retrofit into print format whereas going from print format to webtoon format is not that difficult at all okay I did not know that. So I have to <laughs> keep that in mind one day. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's what Stephen McCraney does. And, you know, you, you make an asset when you're able to publish a book. Because, like, if you're just doing Webtoon, even if you're featured, that income is only going to last you as long as you're featured. And then as soon as you're not on contract anymore, you're not getting any more income from that comic. But if you have it printed as a book, you'll have reprints, you'll have omnibus editions, you'll have libraries having your books out, like, you know, you'll be able to continue making money off of that mm-hmm. even after the story's already finished. So yeah, it's something I'd recommend to any creator who has like even the vaguest inclination to like do mm-hmm. this as a career. That's cool. That's awesome. <laughs> and I love that advice. That's amazing. Like, do you have an idea when you might plan to publish it if you ever got the chance to like in hard copy or is that whenever you finish it completely? Um, Right now I, I'm putting it off to like go like 
do publishing pitches in the case or like in the chance that I get a feature offer from Webtoon because if that were to happen, then um, I would end up probably rewriting the first season and, and to that. So right now my focus is just getting the story out there. Should I finish and not end up ever getting featured, then I'd look at the publishing deals at that point and I'd, it would be already finished, so that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I am planning to, before too long, uh, try and pitch Blue Skies and Forget-Me-Nots because that one is a 90 page completed graphic novel. So that one's ready to get printed, uh, <laughs> so yeah. I love Blue Skies. I was reading it and I was like, oh my gosh, that was so good. And it was like a team effort. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> it was. It was super fun. Like, oh, and, and Stephen McCraney helped too as well. Like he didn't like work on it, work on it, but he gave us a lot of good advice that helped us to really flesh out the story and give it direction. And I think honestly, like, should that get published? His name will be like in there yeah. as well as like, thank you so much <laughs> for your writing advice. <laughs> and that was for a contest, right? Like when mm-hmm. you wrote those guys, okay. And so, like, I noticed you guys won something in it, or like you made it in a round. <laughs> yeah. So what happened was, so I didn't actually write it. Uh, my friend Julia mm-hmm. uh, is responsible for all the world building and stuff. The only part of it that I wrote was Aro's character and his reaction. So it was actually based off of a role play that okay. we did. <laughs> so she had this character named Julia, who is a portal traveler. And at some point, we ended up doing role plays where she and Aro like became friends and actually ended up dating for a short amount of time. And she was like, I really want to do a role play where Julia pulls Aro through a portal. And I was like, okay, but the only stipulation is because this is in the backstory, it's in the past, this experience can't drastically change his worldview. Yeah. Because like, I want this to be canon and I like want it to not affect the story that I'm currently writing. And so that's how the uh, to not spoil it, that is kind of how the ending came about. And she had this goal, she had this ending that she knows she needed to get to. And I think that's why, because role plays will sometimes just go off and to whatever and just kind of peter out. But she had an end goal. And that was something that I think really fleshed out the role play as a whole story. And of course, it was a little different in the role play. We definitely had to edit a lot of things to give it more cohesion mm-hmm. or give the story direction. But like, yeah, she came up with the whole like, the world and like the plot line and the the ending and everything it was really cool and so yeah and then when I heard about the short story contest I was like I want to enter this I feel like this is something I want to do and I like thought of a few stories that maybe I could do and I turned around I was like hey what if we did that role play and made a comic out of it for the short story contest and Mm -hmm. it ended up happening Uh, we ended up bringing on uh, my friends Kaylin and Eli, who are Welsh and Eli, uh, on as they're credited, um, Welsh helped a lot with the world building, and Eli uh, was the lead colorist. And so, uh, and then like we all helped with the art too. Like I did all of the like drawing, so the the inking, and then Morph and Welsh um, worked together to do all of the flats, and then Eli did everything else on the colors. The, lighting and everything like especially if you look at the the last chapter in the magic shop like Eli just went all out on like the magical everything and I killed it. it I was like oh my gosh it looks incredible it's all glowy and sparkly he's like this mm-hmm. is my favorite thing to do he's really good at like fantasy and stuff so mm-hmm. yeah he, I love he that. killed it <laughs> great but yeah cool. uh following up on the actual question I was answering yes yeah. we did end up getting 
uh, on the list of runner-ups. So there were 10 winners and then they had like 38 runner-ups that they picked and ours was wow. one of them. <laughs> that is so cool though. I mean, I loved reading it. So whenever it gets published, let me know. I'll, I'll go I, yeah, I'll post about it everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like I did it. We did it. Yes. <laughs> I just need to actually do it. <laughs> I think you mentioned in your last Q&A that you were going to go pitch it and everything already, like during this time from your season break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is. <laughs> yeah, I'm the one with Cy. <laughs> but yeah, that is one of the things I intend to do during the hiatus. And I, I most, I just keep putting it off because I'm like, I've never done it before. And so I'm like, mm. not entirely sure what I'm doing, but I need to do it. I will get around to it. It, it is on my list. So. In the making, yeah. It's on the lookout for. Mm-hmm. Uh, what motivates you? What motivates you? This is the question about art block, right? Yeah. And when you hit an art block, what are your methods to get out of the funk? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so this is an interesting question because, like, this may make some artists angry, but I don't actually really have art block. I don't really get it. Um, I've, I've definitely had it before, but, like, like for me like motivation I think it's bogus like it's definitely it exists but it is by no means something anyone should depend on Mm -hmm. if they want to make a career uh one of my favorite quotes on motivation was something I'm gonna paraphrase it I don't remember who said it but it's something along the lines of like I work when I feel inspired and I get inspired Monday through Friday at eight in the morning yeah it was like, you know, you can't depend on motivation to push you forward. You just got to like do it. And sometimes you'll feel like it. Sometimes you won't. Now, my biggest struggle is not so much with motivation, but with executive dysfunction, because I am super ADHD uh, and I'm only in the past couple of years finally figuring this out. But yeah, I have an impaired prefrontal cortex that makes it difficult for me to maintain productivity. And so I'm always coming up with new strategies. I always like, this is my new schedule and this is my new routine and I'm going to try this thing now. And this is my goal. And so goals and plans and schedules and routines help. And I'm constantly changing them and constantly trying to find something that works and something will work for a little bit and then it will stop working. And it's a constant battle and it's exhausting, but like it is, you know, something that I'm, I want to do because this is where I want to make it in my career. And so, yeah. yeah, but setting goals, like having deadlines, something that you're working towards does mm-hmm. help. Like uh, having a, a publishing schedule. Like I want to have my chapter ready by this day. And um, the only times if I don't meet my deadline, I'd be like, okay, well, I have just a page to do, so I'll publish it tomorrow. Or I'm going to schedule this for exactly the same time, but in a week. Actually, on a few occasions, I have published a chapter a week later than I was supposed to, and nobody noticed. (laughs) It was like there were three weeks between the two chapters, and nobody notices because I don't have a weekly schedule. It's Mm bi-weekly. And so they're just like, if it doesn't publish on a Friday, they're like, oh, it must be an off week. (laughs) So that's the thing. I, I mean, I'm... I see a bunch of creators over apologizing like I'm so sorry I didn't get this in on time I'm like dude if you don't publish weekly if you're not a featured creator I have no idea when you're going to publish the only (laughs) way I know that you didn't publish on time is because you told me in a special announcement chapter in which you apologize about it I'm like I'm not paying you (laughs) 
you're like, you're not getting, you're not under contract. You're not being paid. Like, you know, yeah. So half the time, I don't even bring it up. I'll post it like on Discord or on Instagram. I'm like, hey, it's going to be this time. I don't apologize. Yeah. Most of them are paying me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll publish what I want. That's a good outlook on it because I know they put a lot of pressure on themselves and I get it too. I'll be like, guys, I know I didn't do it today. Like, <laughs> And I struggle with that too, with the podcast. Sometimes I'm like, it's my husband. I just want to lie down, put my feet on the couch and go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. And some, some weeks I'm like, okay, let's go do it. I got to do it. So I'm like, <laughs> I am. <laughs> but honestly, I get that so much. And I love that outlook that you just are like, no pressure. You just do it. <laughs> yeah. Like the goals are more for me than anything. And like having a routine and being accountable does really help, especially with ADHD is like keeping yourself accountable to someone. I'd like, honestly, I'm just like, if I ever get a feature offer from Webtoon, I might just hire an assistant who doesn't even work on the comic, just someone in the local area <laughs> who can show up and like work in my office yeah. so that like, I know I have to work because I know that they're there. <laughs> like just hiring a body double. And hey, yeah. if they can help with the comic, that's a bonus too. Yeah. <laughs> It's like you're here to make sure I do my work. Yeah, I need you to sit here and look at me. Make sure I'm working. Just sit here and play Sims for eight hours and make sure that I'm doing my work. They make a a little you on the Sim and they're working. (laughs) Yes. Oh, dude, I've been like like kind of a little hooked on Sims lately because I made all the pot of gold characters in Sims. (laughs) but i think i saw it on your stories like you do the streams right (laughs) yeah i mostly i stream it on my discord server because it'll just be spontaneous so i'll just hop in vc i'm like hey i'm streaming sims come chat with me (laughs) occasionally if i'm feeling like really dedicated then i'll like stream it on twitch too Mm -hmm. but most of the time it's some discord yeah it's fun i've got um mia and tia living in a house together i've got Aro and Karen and their parents actually living in a house together. And then um, Sai's parents are currently raising him. He's actually a toddler in the sense right now. <laughs> and he's adorable. He's an inquisitive little child. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and then I've got John and he lives in an apartment with Julia because actually they're cousins in Canada. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we're just like, why not? Because whenever I did Blue Skies, Everyone kept saying that Julia looked like John, and so we just decided they were cousins. <laughs> I can see that, honestly. Oh my goodness. And I similar facial structure. I love John's character though, so I, I can see. <laughs> I love him. He is a bean and he is protected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I think he's just a wholesome character, which I read the most. Like, I need more John in the series. <laughs> there will be more John in the series, yes. I can assure you of that. <laughs> Yeah, how many seasons are you anticipating for the series? Currently, five. Five seasons, okay. Mm-hmm. You got a, a workload coming in. <laughs> yeah, they're all going to be roughly 15 to 20 chapters. Nice, nice. Okay, and then Kendall Create says, do you know what the ending is going to be and how do you feel about it? <laughs> so first off, hi, Kendall. <laughs> Love your work. Uh, anyone who's listening to this, feel free to go check out Touch and Go on Webtoon. Yes, uh, Kendall is like it's a delightful comic and Kendall is delightful here. So mm-hmm. little plug in there. Sorry I didn't warn you, but you know, I did a plug, so deal yeah. with it. But- <laughs> I would have plugged him anyways. I know I'm gonna yeah. plug his 
I put his info in the description. Just like I'm going to yes. put everything for you. You need to make sure you get the Discord <laughs> server link so I can put that in there and everything. Heck yes. <laughs> the, the Discord's a fun time, man. Like we talk about Pot of Gold and Myers-Briggs. Like those are the two things we talk about. <laughs> like converting everyone to Frank James's YouTube channel. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, remembering what the question was. Uh, oh yeah, yes. I definitely know the ending. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, I've actually scripted and storyboarded a good portion of the last season. Because last two seasons were like my favorite. Because this is a romance, like spoiler alert, but that's when the ships are starting to like, not all of them, some of them sail earlier than others, but like, you know, the, that's when like the end game ships are finally wrapping up and like, oh, okay. I like Seth. So, <laughs> yeah. So yes, I have the ending very thoroughly planned. I like, I know the epilogue. It's basically scripted. I could thumbnail it right now if I wanted to. Yes, mm -hmm. I'm very much looking forward to this ending. <laughs> and despite like the tough bits that we're going to go through to get there, mm -hmm. I promise it will not be disappointing. So what kind of reaction do you hope to invoke onto your audience when reading Pot of Gold? Yes. The, the answer is yes. yes. Feel all of the feelings. Everything. Everything. You want to feel pain. And you want to feel... <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, you know, that is, that is a part of the story, yes. Um, but, like, if we're talking about overall the kind of reaction that I want to get from the whole story, um, I want people to cry tears of joy, honestly. I, I want to, like, give people hope. I want them to like come closer to their loved ones, uh, their, their family, their found family or their real family, like, uh, well, found family is real too, but, but um, you know, I, I, I want people to walk away from the story feeling hope and feeling love and like, you know, yeah. I love it's that. Good. It's a wholesome, wholesome feeling. <laughs> And just uh, I love that though because like when you read it I love how connected the family is and even Mia's like her own insert family when it comes to her the cast and crew I thought that was so sweet seeing how connected they all were together mm -hmm. and honestly Mia's arc like the thing that Mia wants more than anything is family and that's actually part of the rewrite of chapters one two and three um is inserting a little scene. Uh, I can tell you the scene right now if you're curious. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So it's a little scene in chapter two when she's talking to Renee. And you know, Renee is kind of teasing her about breaking character. I wanted to insert a little part of their conversation where Mia's like, oh, hey, um, like you're coming to Sunday dinner, right? And Renee's like, yeah. She's like, uh, also, are you busy tomorrow? Like, I don't have anything going on. I was wondering if you wanted to like maybe go shopping or like get java juice or something. Uh, and Renee's like, oh, sorry, I actually have plans with my family tomorrow. It's my brother's birthday, so we're going to go to the beach and celebrate. And Mia's like, oh, okay. And, like, you know, she's like, yeah, that, that's fine. But you can see she's kind of, like, yeah. sad about that. And she kind of plays with her necklace. It's like, because one thing that I should have made clear in the beginning, that I intend to make clear in the beginning, um, is that Mia needs a family. and She doesn't feel like she has that. And that's why she's willing to drop everything to go be with her sister. Cause that's like basically her only family that's left. She's got her adopted mom, her adopted mom's back in Colorado too. And so, yeah. And like, that is, that is Mia's arc throughout the story is like finding and 
like, you know, reuniting with family, finding family, creating a family, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I love that. Oh, so cool. I can't wait to see that though. When you finally get the rewrites in, because do you have like an idea when you're going to put the rewrites in, like whenever you come back from season or. <laughs> so I'm working on them right now, actually. So uh, the Spanish platform of Webtoon is doing a contest called the Reto Webtoon. And they're doing, it basically, they're judging by your first three chapters, which is why I'm redoing the first three instead of just the first two, like I was planning. Um, basically, you have the opportunity to be featured. Mm-hmm. And so I decided, you know what? I think I'm going to enter that. Yeah. So I basically just enter all of the Webtoon contests at this point, yeah. <laughs> so I'm entering a lot of gold into the Spanish uh, like contest, and I actually just published it this week on webtoon and it's it's really exciting it seems to be doing pretty well there's there's not as many comics over there mm-hmm. so but it's exciting to to put it over there to <laughs> translate it so yeah excited about that and i guess but, uh, stories yeah that you're doing some stuff with the <laughs> yeah i'm like okay you know what now that i have spanish readers i need to make sure that i'm bilingual <laughs> so i'm like hey we speak Spanish and English on the server, and I'm gonna like post everything in Spanish and English now. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, but yeah. So the time frame for the rewrites is like no later than late October. But I'm hoping to finish them way before that. I mean, I've already inked most of the chapter one redraw, and as soon as I finish moving, I'm gonna thumbnail the next two. So. It shouldn't be more than a couple months. And then I've already thumbnailed chapter 19. And so I should be able to get working on that as soon as all that's done. So the hiatus is going longer than I expected. I was hoping by the end of the summer, but uh, right now I'm hoping by the end of the year, but it it shouldn't be too long. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, because I'm actively working on it. Like I don't have any other job other than coloring Space Boy. So like... This is what I'm working on. Progress is being made, and yeah, I'll keep posting about it and stuff. So. I'm excited then. Yay! <laughs> I love that you include so much diversity within the story. It's what drew me into it when I first read it. And so, was this an important element you wanted to incorporate into Pot of Gold? Certainly, by the time I published on Webtoon, that was something that I really wanted to incorporate. Um, when I was writing as a teenager, it just wasn't something I was super aware of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I was writing it as a teenager, it was based in Japan and they were all Japanese anyway. So <laughs> it, was, it was 100% just like straight. I was trying to make a manga. I was trying okay. to write a show to a manga. But when I got back from my mission, so I served uh, Spanish speaking in Salt Lake City, Utah. So I learned the Spanish language and I interacted with uh, a bunch of people from various countries, like all over South and Central America. I didn't meet a lot of people from Spain. Not a lot of them end up over here. But um, yeah, so I, let, I met a lot of um, a lot of Latinos and really fell in love with the culture, really fell in love with the people. And when I got back from the mission, I was like, I need to include this in my story. Like I, I want to like write about these people and I want to show that and like, so I immediately was like, okay, you know, our own Karen, they're gonna be Latino. I'm gonna make sure that's a thing. And then um, as I went further into the story, I was like, I want, every time I design a new character, I want there to be something unique about that character. Because like, you know, there's, there's so many stories where everyone looks the same and I'm like, I don't want them all to look the same. Like I want to be able to draw as many different people as I can. Mm-hmm. And so like, 
especially it, the first time I really did this was when I was designing the cast because I was like okay so drawing Beth I'm like I want to draw like a girl with this body type and I want to draw a really unique nose so mm -hmm. that's where Beth came from and then I was like I don't have any Polynesian characters I want to draw Polynesian characters because I, I met a bunch of Polynesian people on the mission as well and oh my gosh such wonderful people mm -hmm. I'm telling you <laughs> uh, so I, I designed the Inkalow brothers, uh, and then I was—I had already designed Renee in a previous chapter, and so mm -hmm. but yeah. So that's something I try and do every time I add a new character. And honestly, I kind of wish that I had started doing that earlier, mm -hmm. because like you know, you can tell like the earlier that I designed a character, the less unique they are. <laughs> <laughs> you have Mia and Tia, who are my blonde white girls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But, you know, it's something that I plan on continuing to do. There's just so many people on this planet. There's so many beautiful people. And, like, and, and that is all the people, by the way. Everyone is beautiful. Yeah. And you cannot <laughs> change my mind on that. But like, you know, it's just like, yeah, you know, as an artist, like, you're really missing out if you're not trying to draw a bunch of different kinds of people because yes. it really just, I don't know, it's, it's hard to describe, but I just... I just, uh, it's it's just beautiful. I just, I love humans. Yeah. <laughs> I just love people. It's passionate. I love it. <laughs> and I mean, that's what got me hooked in at the beginning. Because like, I don't read many that have like a Hispanic character in it. And I love that not only is he Hispanic and it's just not like included, but you see his culture in the story. And I love that. Like he's just flipping tortillas barehanded. I'm like, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so my friend Elena. My friend Elena actually suggested that because she makes, uh, like, she's used to cooking tortillas, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I just flip them with like her hands." Yeah, <laughs> and she actually I actually took a video of her flipping a tortilla with her hand while saying, "I'm doing it for love." <laughs> it's a great video. Mm -hmm. but yeah, and, like a lot of people commented, they're like, "Oh, you're gonna burn your fingers." I'm like, "No, he's a no, pro." No. <laughs> Like, like you just do it quickly you don't touch the pan like it's... yeah my grandma who lives in mexico she just puts her hand on the stove no no bur <laughs> like just the burner like there she goes she's like it's hot enough already <laughs> oh my gosh yes that's how she i'm like oh my god and then eventually i can do it too i don't like burning <laughs> my hand so <laughs> like, oh, she is a queen <laughs> i know <laughs> it's like you are on another level <laughs> i know she is like when my my mom was teaching me she was like, like, Adi, you need to just take it and just put it. I'm like, but it's hot. It's just like, you're going to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> and then my dad cheats. My, that's what she says. My dad cheats and he'll take like a, like a towel and grab it and do it. Cause he doesn't want to burn his hands. <laughs> See, I just use my ADHD. I'll just turn it on and forget yeah. it exists. <laughs> and then by the time I remember it exists, it's always hot enough. <laughs> And I'm just like, my grandma, she's like, it's hot enough for good. And I'm like, why did you do that? <laughs> and then when I think she back to it, I'm like, you know hours. what? It's culture. And I think seeing Otto do it, I was like, yeah, it hit, it hit my heart. <laughs> I'm so glad, honestly, because, you know, I, you know, I, I do worry sometimes. Like, I want to represent different kinds of people accurately, but like, I'm only one kind of person. And so there's only so much I can do, but I, I try... I try and do what I can. I try and like do research when I can, or just go from like my experiences with various families up in Salt Lake, mm -hmm. or just talking to friends. And honestly, like if you ever have a suggestion, like so, like I would love 
like I've always wanted to see a comic with a Latino character that does yes. such and such or like <laughs> that shows such and such about their family I'm like okay because like I'm not like you know, just because my story's put in the 90 chapters doesn't mean I can't find a way to yeah. include other things <laughs> I would love to see a paletero boy or a paletero man with the ice cream car ringing his little bell <laughs> Oh man, I'll, I'll have to look up some reference images. Oh my gosh, because when my parents used to work in the flea markets, they mm-hmm. there'd always be the paletero man, and he'd go in with his little bike bicycle, and he'd ring his bell when he'd see people he think would pay. He's just looking at you, and you're like, "Don't make eye contact <laughs> if you don't want to. Like, if you don't have no money, you don't look at him." <laughs> so they go to like markets and stuff, and they do that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. my gosh, you can find them down the street that. here. <laughs> You're in California? I'm in Florida. Yeah. Florida. Okay, yeah. Yeah, my neighbor's from Miami. So <laughs> he's probably seen that too. You don't have you don't have Palatero boys here in Utah, unfortunately. No. Okay. You yeah. <laughs> I know, right? I would love to see that. Dude, when I was in Mexico City, I saw a guy selling tacos from a bicycle. And I was like, this man is a genius. Yes. <laughs> and I wish I wasn't in a bus so that I could go get one of those. Like his is like a like an ice box, and he's riding a bicycle. And I know I just know the cult. My dad was always like, "Don't make eye contact." When I was a little kid, he's like, "Do not look at him." <laughs> Dude, oh man, they're leaving California. I don't think they would have those in Aspen, Colorado, but they'd probably have them in LA. I can imagine there'd be a lot of better boys in LA. <laughs> I that that could be a fun little illustration. I could uh, just do a drawing of like me and Aro and me. It's like, oh look, there's ice cream. You know? like, like, no, don't look at him. Don't make eye contact until they catch you. He's ringing his bell. He's looking at her. He's like, you know, you want this. <laughs> yeah, Mia's like, yes, I do. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, when my I have like four siblings, uh-huh. we we make eye contact. So my dad was like, okay, we gotta go buy ice cream. <laughs> It come out with like five or six. My dad was the one that would hoard it. So he'll end up getting like six of them. And then I'm like, dad, you said you were going to get any. <laughs> uh, so what if it was your mom with you when you saw the Palatero boy? Was she like the, like, yeah, I come in and casa kind of. Yeah. <laughs> like, I come in and casa. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you don't look at him and we're just like, fine. But with my dad, we knew we could like, you know. <laughs> like, don't look at him. Okay. <laughs> look. <laughs> I love that. So if you ever put it in, you got to credit me. I'll be like, it was totally good. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. I, I'm trying my hardest to find an excuse to put up on that table. I don't know why my first thought, I'm thinking about In the Heights and I'm just thinking, Agua. <laughs> that was such a good movie. My gosh. I haven't seen the movie. It's a good movie. You go check it out because it's, I mean, it's got Lin-Manuel and Miranda it, like in the mix. I was like, oh. <laughs> Like Hamilton was art, but this was like art. <laughs> I've, I've listened to the soundtrack, my sister, and she like mm-hmm. explained the plot of it to me, but I haven't like seen any version of the play or seen the movie, but I wanted to see the movie because yeah. I absolutely love the soundtrack it's, and I get it stuck in my head sometimes. I think it's just beautiful. I think that's like the best way I could put it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'll have to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that you have the characters act within like a television like series. So what inspired that concept? I know you talked about like your sisters and you kind of making it up. Was this part of it? Actually, it was. There are very few elements of the story that actually survived from the like original like prompt of the story uh the twins 
are one of them, the twins reuniting, and then Mia being a movie star. So she was originally a movie star, and at some point she became a TV star. Um, and so that, yeah, that, that was just a part of the story that was just kind of always there. Like she was off, she was an actress, and then she found out about her sister and decided to reunite with her and like you know leave her career behind and go be with her so yeah yeah it's just kind of a part of the story that's been there for a long time it's like Mm -hmm. since before the story existed nice I love that and it's cool seeing the whole cast and crew too I was just like that's I mean that's a really cool concept (laughs) it's like those series where a webtoon within a webtoon but this time we have a tv series and a webtoon (laughs) okay but funny story on that subject is like I had people ask me over and over like so what's the show about like what what's the story behind that and I just kind of had a vague idea of it but at some point I accidentally made lore yeah and characters (laughs) and a story and I'm like crap Now I have two story ideas named Spin of Gold <laughs> with the same two main characters. <laughs> and so, yeah, there is actually, like, I have five total comic ideas that I want to do, Pot of Gold being one of them. Mm-hmm. And this one is going to be called The Other Pot of Gold. <laughs> but I got to say, Aro's character, Louise, is mm-hmm. one of my favorite characters that I've ever written. He's really? fascinating. I absolutely, <laughs> I, I don't want to say too much because like this is recorded and stuff. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell it to people eventually. I'll tell you about Louis in private if you want to know. But just say I absolutely love Louis's character. He's fascinating. Oh my gosh. That's so cool you got the whole concept in. It's a spin-off. That's what we're gonna have. <laughs> oh, I just had to figure out who all the actors play. I know who Beth plays and I know who Mianaro play, obviously, but I don't know about the other ones yet. So I'll figure that out. Yeah. We know there's a kid scene, like they're kissing, so we're like spicy. <laughs> it's like in case you're wondering, there is yeah. a shit between the two ladies. Yeah. Somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you said you have comic series in mind? Like what kind of genres do you think you can? I don't want you to like put too much out there, I guess. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't mind. They're actually all in some way, shape, or form tied to pot of gold. Mm-hmm. So there's pot of gold and there's the other pot of gold. Uh, there's a co- there's Blue Skies, which is already finished. Mm-hmm. There's a collaboration I want to do with my friend Elena. She's the creator of Deerface, which is absolutely delightful comic. Uh, mm-hmm. Highly recommend to anyone go read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Curmudgeons in the Desert. Okay. She has a character named Bing. I have uh, Aro's neighbor Alex, and we have a comic idea about the two of them in the middle of the desert for a few months just <laughs> arguing and being cranky old men they actually we we decided these characters were just crossovers galore we decided these characters served together in the vietnam war and deserted together and so they have like all this history and so yeah we have a comic oh called God. curmudgeons in the desert <laughs> <That's so laughs> there's cool. yeah there's one that follows sai after pot of gold actually it's called move mm-hmm. uh, and it's like him trying to get his life back together after all of the events of Pot of Gold and, and whatnot, um, which I can't say too much about, obviously, because like <laughs> it's after Pot of Gold. And so, yeah, but um, I can say the aesthetic is kind of a lo-fi California beach sunset aesthetic. That's, that's cute. <laughs> I absolutely, I love the color palette and mm. I love the playlist. It's got kind of a lo-fi kind of vibe with some like dance music. The, the name Move, 
comes from two things. One, a little mix song called Move that is actually on Sai's playlist and it cracks me up so much to imagine Sai listening to it. (laughs) (laughs) If you listen to it, it's just like, what the heck, Sai? And then the other reason is because he moves to California. Okay. (laughs) Which isn't too spoilery. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that lo-fi vibe, so I'm like, ah! (laughs) Right? Oh, I absolutely love it too. And I actually have another comic idea that's like a a sci-fi kind of idea that I might do as a collab with my friend Rach, who's the creator of First Fledge, Mm -hmm. which is another really cute one too. I I know a lot of the campus creators. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so that's another, there's a sixth that's starting to become a thing so yeah <laughs> so I should really probably finish pot of gold at some point so I can get to those especially because I just really want people to see the epic mm-hmm. my goal is to finish pot of gold before I turn 30 which is only four years so I think you can do it well <laughs> it's your goal <laughs> yes you can do it all right so I'm gonna put us on a short break because usually because then we're going to move on to all of the questions about the season finale and everything. So if you don't want to get, there might be spoilers, whoever's listening. <laughs> if you haven't read it yet, I go and tell you now, cause you're warned. <laughs> so that's, finale how could you do this to me (laughs) it's this plot point isn't as old as the twins reuniting as Mia being a movie star but this plot point is nearly as old like this story this plot point has been around longer than Aro's name really oh my goodness yeah (laughs) it's been around as long as Aro actually wasn't in the first draft of Pot of Gold okay he was yeah he was introduced in the second draft as Mia's chauffeur, and his name was Mike, <laughs> which <laughs> it's hard to be dramatic <laughs> with the character named Mike. Apologies to all the Mikes out there, but your name is very dramatic. Try going by Michael. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and so like uh, what happened was like in that draft, um, someone was after Mia's money, some mysterious assailant or whatever, and that assailant planted a car bomb in her limo, mm-hmm. and, like, the chauffeur, like, yeah, it, it was in it when things went off, and so, uh-huh. like, and she, like, was in the rain, like, swearing to avenge him, and it was just, like, <laughs> this excessively dramatic scene, but, yeah, and so that has existed for a while, I, like, it's survived through various iterations of the story and various rewrites but yeah and but it's it's one that i've also struggled with various times like why does this happen what causes it to happen and like at this point i am finally at a point where i know exactly why it happens i know exactly what causes it to happen and if you ask me i'm not going to answer (laughs) because that is one of the things that the story will will answer it's a spoiler big spoiler <laughs> and we'll yeah. see it come soon we're saying. <laughs> yeah we will learn eventually like what's going on with that i wanted to like send you like a reactionary video but by the time i read it i was like i can't give her a genuine reaction because my reaction was just like what <laughs> <laughs> you can just anticipate that like any season finale but especially season one 
and season three finales, and of course, you know, the series finale, um, you can anticipate that those ones will elicit some big reactions. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Seasons two and four are, are cool too. Actually, the season four finale is pretty great too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. Still work on season two. <laughs> I'm excited for that, and I'm just, I was just, like, shocked. And I could tell the comments were just as shocked as, like, what? (laughs) I was, like, both terrified and excited for the finale, because I'm, like, excited, because I'm, like, they're finally going to know about this point. It's even I'm terrified, because I'm, like, they're going to be so mad at me. (laughs) Like, I had my friend Welsh, and, like, hey, you know how to use a sword, right? Can you defend my apartment? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'll need to have her defend my apartment after chapter 19. Oh, we'll oh gosh. <laughs> you gotta have a bodyguard, poor, poor person bodyguard. <laughs> well, now I know how to use a sword, so. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I learned. <laughs> Not very good at it, but, you know, I also don't have a sword, but. Yeah, I, can I mean. Those <laughs> <laughs> is- well, actually, you know, I have, I have this one. It's oh, like okay. Foam. It's from a friend of mine who's like, hey, I don't want this anymore. I think it's from an anime. It looks familiar, honestly. Uh, yeah. Can't see very too much. I don't Is know. it Aqua's sword? There's you know, a character named Aqua. Oh. I forget the name of the anime, but it's like, it's an isekai. <laughs> Dang. Dude, that one looks really familiar. Why are there so many anime characters with swords? Because <laughs> that one could be so comparable to like a game one too honestly like a video game yeah, <laughs> yeah it's really pretty yes i was i mean if you pulled out like the buster sword from final fantasy i don't know what that is because it's big and chunky but that one is <laughs> like oh geez <laughs> i can't recall yeah, that. I that and this one probably wouldn't actually do any damage foam. it would yeah. hurt it would give you a bruise but... in the defense it. you just scared them off like i have a blade <laughs> <laughs> like scare you off my anime sword. <laughs> I don't I don't know if you know that meme with the, the boy and he's like, I got God and anime on my side. <laughs> he just pulls him out. <laughs> oh man. I think um I think my friend was into like uh knife throwing. So he would collect knives and stuff. And I was like, what are you gonna do with that? He's like, you'll see. <laughs> That's and, not. Yeah, no. <laughs> Is that He was being silly. I did see him though yeah. use it, so it's pretty cool. <laughs> That's cool. That's a cool skill to learn. I know. <laughs> I did do fire breathing once. That was fun. Wait, that's insane. Really? <laughs> yeah. So, like, there's. It's not the kind where you like stick the fire in your mouth and then breathe it. Like, I haven't done that. But there's mm-hmm. the fencing group that I go to with my friend Walsh. Uh, they like, like occasionally have like a torch and what you do is you just like shove a crap ton of cornstarch in your mouth and just like Whoa. blow it at the fire and it just like lights wow. it. So <laughs> I have a video of me doing it. It's all pretty cool. You feel like it's a dragon so cool. <laughs> and your mouth is all dry because cornstarch. You know Ublek? You ever mix cornstarch and water? Yeah. Imagine that in your mouth. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, you you drink water after. Drink Actually, water. don't you just gargle water and spit yeah. it out. Yeah, you don't want to ingest that. <laughs> it's worth it to look like a dragon. Now. Yeah, you definitely. Uh, so, have you watched Avatar: The Last Airbender? Oh yeah, absolutely. I feel like Iroh when he's like, ah, and everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's like 
you ever hear why they call me the dragon of the west? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not here for one of your stories. Actually, it's more of a demonstration. Yeah. <laughs> that scene was awesome. Just do that. There you go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am the dragon of the west. You know what I ended up finding? Because, of course, Iroh is amazing as a character. Yes. And I went to Box Lunch for the first time. And I told my husband, if we ever have another baby, I'm going to give him this sippy cup. And it's a sippy cup with the Jasmine Dragon slogan, <gasps> but like a Starbucks logo. With Iroh's Oh my face. gosh! <laughs> and That's was- amazing! <laughs> I want one! <laughs> if you look on your site right now, I'm sure you'll find it. I don't have it with me. Jasmine but- Dragon sippy cup. Yes. It was so cute. I was like, I'm buying this. He's like, we don't even have any. Like, we have kids, but they're not going to use that sippy cup. And I was like, I am going to save that sippy cup. <laughs> well, hey, we, Willie and I haven't had kids yet, and we're planning on it. So, like, yeah. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, you buy all your <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I was just so amazed that all of their, like, they had kids merch, but for, like, mm-hmm. anime gear. I was like, yes. I'm in heaven. <laughs> yes. And like my son now has like Super Saiyan shirts and gear, and it's just like, yes, it's my son. Give <laughs> okay, up, my boss. Speaking of Super Saiyan, uh, so Space Boy updates on Wednesday nights, mm-hmm. and um, so that's when we're crunching to get episodes done, or at least before he built up buffer. It's just yeah. like on Wednesdays, I go into Super Saiyan mode. Comic, comic, comics. <laughs> <laughs> So that's that's Steve McCurdy for you. <laughs> He's got to bring it out, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not time crutch, guys. We gotta gotta let this out here now. They're training. <laughs> you know what? Yes, I love how much you incorporate the song lyrics for like Mi Mundo and Chapter 18. So if this is Otto's personal song for Mia, are we gonna see other characters have songs as well? kind of possibly mm-hmm. not with lyrics yeah. um, but there is kind of a song for another ship Ooh, <laughs> yeah it's it's actually fun so I, uh, one time at like two in the morning mm-hmm. i was <laughs> being responsible and not sleeping and <laughs> i was like thinking to myself i'm like Okay, so, well, for the Space Boy fandom, there's a guy who's really good at, like, lay motifs for different mm-hmm. characters. Uh, do you know what a lay motif is? I don't think so. I was like... <laughs> so it's like a melody that gets associated with that character. So, like, um, like, that would be Ray's motif. Star Wars has lay motifs for every character. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, you'll have a character, like, when they come on screen... Uh, you hear that song? Actually, I, I guessed a spoiler from The Mandalorian because I overheard my my husband list, watching the series finale. Yeah. And I guessed a spoiler because of the lay motif. I knew which character it was. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I'm a nerd. But anyway, tangent. Uh, one time I was like, you know, I what if I made lay motifs for Aro and Mia? And I did it around Mimundo. So I actually like. So I wanted to use lyrics for like Darte Un Beso by Prince Royce, but apparently lyrics are copyrighted. Mm-hmm. So I just made up my own Yeah. <laughs> for the stories because they're not copyrighted or they're copyrighted by me. Yeah. And so, but I actually have kind of a melody in mind for the, the 
chorus. And so I wrapped R and Mia's lay motif so they would both go with that song. And it's yeah. cool. But I was thinking about that for an, another couple in Pot of Gold, like another potential ship. And I was like, here's a song that I kind of associate with these two. Mm-hmm. So Okay. I love yeah. that. That's so cute. Yeah, so much so will these two ever get together? <laughs> I can't answer that. Yeah, that's true. You probably expected that. <laughs> I did. I just know some people asked that, and I was like, she's probably not going to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I really can't. Sorry. The endgame ships are under lock and key. Uh, yes. There are big spoilers associated with them, so, yeah. <laughs> and how long has Mia been an actress? I, I don't know if that's been, like, addressed in the story, and I just didn't notice, but... <laughs> Yeah, uh, it hasn't been specifically addressed in the story. Uh, she got the part when she was about 15, uh, almost 16. Oh, okay. Yeah, Aro was already like barely 16 at the time. So mm-hmm. that's when they got the part. So it's been like three years now. Mm, okay. I didn't know she got it that young. That's cool. Actually, probably closer to four years at this point. And then do the other characters have any secret talents? This was when I was like, I saw this, I'm like, oh, I'm going to need to think about this one. And I didn't. But uh, <laughs> let's see. Uh, well, I know Sai uh, was able to play all three movements of Moonlight Sonata when he was 12. Oh. Which, if you look up the third movement, that is very complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Sai has a lot of the, he's. He's like, you know, the, the like four more gifted kid who like won awards and like everything and now is like having his first encounter with failure and has no idea what to do about it. Mm-hmm. Sean is an excellent DM. He's DM'd several uh, D&D campaigns throughout <laughs> high school, which, yeah. I would say he's a great gamer too, but I don't think that that's a secret. <laughs> I, think, I think that's expected. Yeah. <laughs> He's he's especially uh, skilled at Super Smash Brothers. Uh, the only person who ever beats him is his sister Jess. Oh, and so uh, Karen plays the drums and the trombone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, her their dad actually, uh, Arwen Karen's dad is a musician um, by trade. Like that, that's his job. And when um, so the family kind of like split for a little bit. Uh, Aro and his mom moved to the U.S. and then waited a few years before Karen and their dad were able to join them. And mm-hmm. so while Karen and her dad were still living in Mexico, she like kind of joined his band and ended up playing the drums for it. And so, yeah, as, Karen's a total daddy's girl and Aro <laughs> is definitely a mama's boy. It's great. Uh, Tia plays the piano. She's mm-hmm. actually really good at it. I, I think that actually is like already in the comic. She mm-hmm. also, I discovered this recently. I did this challenge where you draw your character's self-portraits, mm-hmm. like how they would draw it. Yeah. And apparently Tia has like some ridiculous art skills that she never told me about. <laughs> I was like, what the heck, Tia? Like, it's like, she draws this like super realistic portrait. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> um, Aro... I guess it's maybe not as much of a secret, but he does play guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, he dances really well, and he's uh, a really good cook. Mm-hmm. Uh, which the cooking is something that he's developed more recently. But um, yeah. Oh, and Amia is really good at math. Really? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> she's really good at math. 
Yeah, John also has some hidden talents that he has yet to discover, but that's part of the story. So oh, I can't, okay. can't tell nice. about that one yet. That's exciting. <laughs> and I love all of the outfits that you designed for your characters, uh, Mia's especially. So do you happen to have a certain inspiration for them? Yes, it's called Pinterest. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I actually like, I try and have a different kind of fashion style for each character. I, I have a different everything style for each character. Mm -hmm. um, but I actually have Pinterest boards specifically for the fashion of, of each individual character, including the cast. And that's mainly because coming up with new outfit ideas just on my own is annoying and hard to do. And so when I'm drawing a new outfit and they've entered a new scene, I'll just go on Pinterest, look for ideas. Cool, that's the outfit, it's great. Some of them are really clear though. Like uh, Mia's swimsuit I designed years ago. I was like, I'm so upset for the swimsuit. It's gonna be so cute. <laughs> Hers was so stinking cute when I saw it. I was like, is this a real thing? I need it to be a real thing. Cause that was- I adorable. hope so. <laughs> vintage suits you'll probably find some stuff that's kind of close to it yeah okay because i saw those like that is so sick and cute i don't know where she finds all these outfits to draw them <laughs> and i yeah. think in the last chapter her pants were adorable those printed i don't think they were like leggings or something <laughs> they're uh, joggers joggers they were so yeah. cute <laughs> that outfit was an interesting one actually uh, so when i drew the original first episode she was just wearing a t-shirt Mm -hmm. uh like i i have all these like undershirts that i wear like i've got a green one right here that i'm just wearing yeah and so it's just a regular t-shirt and i was like yeah let's get travel gear just regular t-shirt but i was like i also have this thing where like characters will always have like some sort of specific element in their clothes mia's is lace she doesn't always have lace but she almost always has some sort of lace okay. on her outfits and she also has like the the boat neck mm -hmm. um collar yeah that that's like something that she'll wear a lot mm -hmm. and so uh but i was like i need some sort of lace this is just a plain t-shirt i was like uh oh what if she was wearing like joggers with like a lacy pattern and so yeah. that's that's what that's i ended cute. up doing <laughs> making the pattern was a little bit annoying but luckily clip studio has like built-in lace and mm -hmm. so i don't spend nearly as much time actually drawing lace as i once did wow <laughs> the magic of digital art <laughs> Yeah. Aro's thing is he almost always is wearing, he either has like a really like buttoned all the way to the top collar or he has a v-neck. And it's actually part of his shape language because his shape language is, can you guess? Yeah, triangles. <laughs> triangles. <laughs> Literally, you can assemble this man out of Doritos if you want. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so the v-neck goes with his shape language. Mm -hmm. So like even his, his like torso and like his legs are almost like. Yes. <laughs> Yes, and I noticed when you did the, uh, I don't know, it's the April Fool's thumbnail for it. He was the triangle. I was like, he's just yeah. <laughs> He is. It's funny because, like, I have, like, a chibi style, and I would draw these characters, like, circle heads, except you can't draw chibi R with a circle head. It just doesn't look right. It has yeah. to be a triangle. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, when I thumbnail him, like, it'll get the derpiest little thing. It's just, like, if I have, like, the cast and they're really small it's like a circle with like the big hair and that's Mia a triangle that's Aro and then you have like a circle with like a little like big ponytail and that's David and it's just going from there but yeah Aro's just, just slice of pizza he's just yeah, a slice go. of pizza 
<laughs> my friend even drew him as a slice of pizza once. There's so many cursed forms of our. <laughs> oh my gosh, I didn't imagine there could be that many for that one character. <laughs> Dude, I had an album of like cursed forms of Aro and it had over a hundred photos in it. Like oh someone gosh. someone drew his face on a tree. He was mm-hmm. Aroak. Someone <laughs> drew his head on a red car. It was Ferraro. <laughs> the puns are great too. Uh, there's a there's a drawing of Aro. I drew him like all like edgy and emo and he's like got like like uh frost tips and like his hair's all in a mohawk and he's got like eyeliner and he's like name's Aro. it rhymes with sorrow (laughs) (laughs) the most uh the the best of all of the Aro's cursed forms is one that has actually made it into the canon through another character and that is snaro (laughs) which stands for stabby nose Aro. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's basically like the like cryptid, like Bigfoot Yeti, whatever version of Aro. So Snaro <laughs> has an extremely long and pointy nose and like is like hunched over and has like mantis hands and like oh stalks through the woods. <laughs> and, but also he really just wants friends. But Aww. he's just really creepy. <laughs> so but Cryptid Snaro is the name of Tia's favorite band. <laughs> <laughs> and the picture, the album cover, she has it on her t-shirt, is actually a drawing that my friend Elena did of Cryptid Snarrow stalking through the woods. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that this band, uh, like, you'll, you'll see there's a scene where John goes and decides to try and, like, listen to Tia's music, and he's like, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it involves dulcimer and screaming. Nice. <laughs> I think all my friends back in high school were like Screamo listeners. <laughs> so that brings some nostalgia into it. Tia likes to listen to like stuff that other people find questionable just because other people find it questionable. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she, yeah. I like her character already. When I, the little bits we do get of her, she's really interesting and so different from Mia, of course. <laughs> but I think that's a really nice contrast. And then, you know, when we get to see like her and John together, I think that's so sick cute. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> They're adorable. They're so freaking awkward together. Yes. <laughs> like, it's, it's like John is just kind of naturally socially awkward and Tia is like ridden with social anxiety and so they're both just sitting there like trying not to mess up and like failing gloriously at social interaction and I love it (laughs) I don't know if you read um uh the canvas series by Dracular the as I am they kind of remind me of them I was like yeah (laughs) no yeah uh, Drea's favorite ship is John and Tia. She absolutely loves them. <laughs> and, like, I mean, seeing how she wrote Bea and Wilbur, I guess I can see why. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely love As I Am. We yes. both read each other's comics. It's great. It's so cute. Have, a, have you done a collab at all? Like, fan art collabs? Or... <laughs> We haven't. You, I've never actually drawn her characters, which is mm-hmm. a travesty, because I love her comic. And... Yeah, it will, I'm just really bad at doing fan art. I don't do it a ton just because mm-hmm. I'm just busy yeah. and I forget that it exists. Mm-hmm. But I do need to. It is on my list. I will drop yeah. you over at some point because I do. <laughs> I love her comic. 
Have you read the like spinoff that she made? I have. It's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> like reverse would be where she's the ball of sunshine and he. Yeah. Actually, the funny thing is, um, in earlier drafts of Pot of Gold, Tia was the ball of sunshine and John was the edgy angsty one. Can you even imagine that? I can't. And honestly, yeah. I've seen that alternate reality that she did. I was like, you know what? I could, I could kind of try to imagine that. <laughs> Like Tia had a ponytail and she was just super happy all the time. Oh. And John's like hair covered his eyes. <laughs> when you can't draw the other eye. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, that's a different character, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do have a half-blind character with one eye, but that, oh, that's really? a whole other. You'll meet him in season two. Exciting. And you know what? Let me see. Is that, is that the last question I have for you? Oh, okay, no, that's not the one. So are any of the characters inspired by people? There was a question people? on there. Yeah. So are any of the other characters like inspired by people you know in real life? So I can't say that a lot of them were like based off of people, like mm-hmm. originally, but I definitely pull inspiration from people like as I write them, like as they've developed. Um, Mia is pretty much a self-insert, like you it's it she's she's different for me like you know i'm an enfj she's an esfp uh so like we have our differences but like definitely a lot of mia gets like i put the most of myself in mia and becca which mm-hmm. is tia's roommate uh tia is very heavily based off of my sister who like like the the clothing the music taste like definitely <laughs> her uh, my sister isn't ridden with nearly as much social anxiety she's more like like doesn't prefer to socialize rather than is terrified of socializing uh but like yeah um and then john a lot of his personality comes from my husband mm-hmm. uh like especially like his interests like you know in the D and nerdy stuff being a gamer like i pull a lot of that from my husband although visually it looks a lot like my friend micah uh, and he has some like similar body language um Sai is actually a lot more of a self-insert than I care to admit sometimes. <laughs> like the like former gifted kid perfectionist, like <laughs> likes things a certain way. And I'm like, yeah, yeah that's me. Sai is me on my period. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not that bad. Actually, me on my period, I'm just ridiculously ADHD. So maybe it's Mia. Aro is the toughest one because he's like not really based mm-hmm. on anyone. Um, neither is Karen, but like they're, I don't know, they're based off of people that I know exist, but I can't think of a specific person mm-hmm. that, like, that they're based off of. Yeah. But yeah, I do like to, I, I pull a lot just from the various people that I've met and like, Mm-hmm. I, lately I pull more from 16 personalities and everything I'm a little like I said I'm a little bit obsessed with Myers-Briggs and, like it's one <laughs> of the things you talk about most in the server yeah um but yeah like pulling from those I, I actually most of my characters have different personalities from each other mm-hmm. and so like you have Mia the ESFP you have John as an ENFP Sai's an INTJ Karen's an ESTJ Tia's an INFJ and then Aro is an ISFJ okay so everyone's got their own little quirks there too I like that. <laughs> yeah i'm starting to figure out the cast too actually turns out david and mia have the same personality type mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you know 
it's, it's not like you think, oh yeah, David and me are so similar, but then once you point it out, you're like, I can see such. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, yeah, I love Great them. friends. I totally think of great friends. (laughs) And I think, like I said earlier, the last question I have for you is what should we expect in season two? What can we expect from you? Mm -hmm. So we can expect to see more of Tia and John, for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, We can expect to, yeah, I can say that. We can expect to see the sisters reunite. They actually reunite pretty soon after the season starts mm-hmm. so we'll start to see the sisters actually interact with each other um, yeah we we'll get to see a lot more of Sai as well uh we get to learn a little bit more about him and his dad and his relationship with his dad we get to mm-hmm. learn a little bit more about our villain and like what's going on with him uh we'll get to see the characters interacting with school like going to school and such We'll get two new characters introduced. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will see of him or won't see of him and what might happen from this point. I cannot say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that one, that one you'll have to wait and see what's going on with Aro. Yes. I can totally understand that one because that's part of the, the spiciness. <laughs> okay, but <laughs> spicy is, okay, I have to explain something. So this plot point with the fire and everything is like, for the longest time, my friends and I have referred to it under the code name of tacos, which is like, like it's only vaguely related. Like I'd have to explain a whole big convoluted to see like why that's even related. It may, mainly it's just a nickname mm-hmm. that you wouldn't suspect because it has little to do with what's actually going on. But um, yeah. spicy tacos is when you refer to the fire. And I actually have a, I have a <laughs> playlist <laughs> called the Spicy Tacos Playlist. And it's all made up of fire socks. <laughs> and it's honestly probably one of the most terrible things i've ever created because it's horrible like you listen to it you're like this is so bad like you're just like putting it in the context of this like super dramatic like event in the story and it's just like ring of fire by johnny cash and you're like this is terrible and i shouldn't be laughing at this but it's hilarious to me it's commitment (laughs) yeah it's a terrible thing that i've made but you know it exists we get the context of it now yeah yeah the (laughs) the public is the playlist is public on spotify i actually have all my character playlists on there and all of the ones Mm -hmm. that are like revealed are public so the characters haven't been introduced yet their playlists aren't public and then there's spoiler playlists so there's taco mm-hmm. clearance and then there's razor clearance. Razor clearance is like kind of getting closer to end game. Uh, and that playlist is of course hidden, but the yeah. taco playlist is out. So <laughs> I love that. Ooh, I love the playlist too. I try to listen to music whenever I read my webtoons. So I will make sure to look at that. <laughs> hey, what kind of music are you usually into? Because each playlist is they're rather than being like plot playlists they're like you were this is stuff about this character they're more like music that the character would listen to so like each playlist is kind of a different genre mm-hmm. uh okay i i like pop music and i like lo-fi of course i like the lo-fi music any any edm mm. i love edm <laughs> all right and then <laughs> all right so you would probably love me as playlist because that's the one that's just all like top 40 pop like 
songs that you know all the words <laughs> to and like have heard a billion times on the radio. Yeah. Uh, Aro's got some pop as well. It's more like Latin pop. He's also got the Coco soundtrack, mm-hmm. uh, which there's actually a story behind mm-hmm. all of Aro's playlists. So he has the Coco soundtrack because Karen got it for him for Christmas. Uh, when the movie came out, she Aww. just absolutely fell in love with it. Uh, especially because their dad is a musician and like she's a little girl and so she's just like it's yeah. her favorite movie and so she sent him the soundtrack and then he also has the Owl City Ocean Eyes soundtrack that his best friend in middle school gave him the CD to when he turned 11. Mm-hmm. So Aww. his playlist is Latin Pop, Owl City, and um, Coco soundtrack and one song that's like in like an Indian song but it just kind of fit the vibe so I put it on it. Mm-hmm. I'm just like I feel like I would enjoy it. Don't touch me. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what else I listen to a lot is a lot of uh, J-pop and K-pop. <gasps> That's Karen's playlist. <laughs> Karen is actually totally... someone had to. <laughs> yes. So Karen's roommate got her into K-pop, and she's like waiting for like Aro mm-hmm. to arrive in Colorado so she can get him into K-pop. I don't know if she'll succeed oh, or not. So cute. See, but yeah, like Aro doesn't really explore much, like in the way of new music, because he just kind of sticks with what he has. Mm-hmm. But Karen's just like, I will get you into this music. Uh, EDM is John's <laughs> playlist. His jo- his playlist is like EDM, so light melodic dubstep, and Enya. Mm. <laughs> it's great. That's so cute, though. They all have so much uh, variety. That's so cute. It's fun. Like, sometimes I just want to get in the mood, like, you know, I want to feel fancy. So I'm going to listen to size. <laughs> so like listen to some like electro swing and some lo-fi and like kind of the kind of edm that you'd listen to like driving through the city at night with sunglasses on i literally bought sunglasses not because i needed sunglasses but because i needed something to wear while listening to size playlist like like, it it doesn't feel right (laughs) to listen to size playlist without wearing shades Yeah, illustrate the backdrop too. You get the color scheme. Oh man, yes. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's it's fun because making the different character playlists has like kind of motivated me to explore Mm -hmm. different genres. And so like I'll find a bunch of music in a genre that I hadn't really listened to a ton before, but I'm like, I want to fit this character's vibe. And so yeah, like I it's Mm -hmm. it's gotten me to explore new genres and find new music and it's fun. (laughs) that's so cool and I guess you get more into what their character personality is when you get their music taste I made mood boards once too and I was like why did I never do this it's great oh I saw that on your stories I was like those are cute well I mean you know some of them were cute (laughs) yeah but I mean some of them are cursed a little bit (laughs) yeah Sarah's mood board is actually a dumpster fire there may actually be a picture of a dumpster fire in his mood board (laughs) <laughs> Tia's is like kind of an escapism like I want to be a hermit in the woods mm-hmm. kind of thing but also like light my boots on fire yeah <laughs> it was so cute though like some of them was like man I love these colors I need some more my favorite mood board <laughs> I was like the actually yeah I just, I just love it it's, it's got like kind of a uh, hard to describe it does kind of have a lo-fi California beach sunset but it's actually maybe more like Mexico than California but it's definitely like mm-hmm. you know a summer day on the beach with a guitar and some ice cream yeah. and like you know brightly colored buildings with the paint slightly peeling mm-hmm. and just like just kind of a warm but bright and colorful aesthetic. And I'm like, man, that's really cute. right. <laughs> it's like don't. 
don't stop bringing in the mood boards. I want to see more. <laughs> Actually, I have their mood boards on Pinterest. Like those are just like selected things that I put in a collage. But like I, I add to the mm-hmm. mood boards all the time. And I gotta say, after making the mood boards, especially with like size mood board and Zarin's mood board, um, mm-hmm. size mood board is all like really elegant, fancy architecture and like these grandiose libraries and like pictures of wine glasses and stuff. I swear mm-hmm. to this man. But uh, and then Zarin is like a picture of a pigeon eating a slice of pizza off the ground and like someone <laughs> planking on top of a McDonald's sign. <laughs> and it's like my Pinterest recommendations for the next few days were just wild. It's like I'm getting like fancy architecture next to like pictures of pigeons and then like a cursed verb meme. And then, like, a picture of, like, a fantasy world, yes. and I'm like, yeah, Pinterest doesn't yes. even know what to recommend me. Eventually, it'll get used <laughs> to recommending memes again. I can imagine Sarah's mood board, including all of the awful hot Cheeto recipes that keep getting recommended. <laughs> can you send these to me? I, I might need to put them on his yes, board. Yes, I will. It wouldn't stop. I was, okay, I told my friend one day, like, okay, they won't stop showing up on my feet. I don't know. It's because I touch them. Like I touch them on my floor feet. And I was like, no, I don't want to see more. I've actually pinned like I mean, advertisements to his board. Like there's an advertisement of this guy in a suit just popping up with a snorkel. And I'm like, perfect. <laughs> but I can't pin the ads. I figured out how to pin the ads. So now oh, I, that's it's, 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 it's a dumpster fire of board, man. <laughs> Well, I had so much fun talking to you throughout this whole interview. You're so fun and bright and just so creative. Thank you. (laughs) So great. And I want to make sure I have all of your um, social medias and everything you want your readers to connect with you on. So do you have any particular ones you want to tell them about? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The places where I'm most active, I'm really active on Instagram. So you can follow me there at Pot of Gold Comic. I also occasionally post fan arts and other arts on at Natasha Berlin Art, uh, but the Pot of Gold one is more active. Uh, beyond that, I'm really active on Discord, uh, which saying the link might be a little excessively complex, but there's a link to yeah. the Discord on my <laughs> link tree in either of my Instagram, mm-hmm. so you can find it there. Um, and then... Uh, Beyond that, I have a Twitter, but I don't really use it. Uh, <laughs> I have a Facebook that just reposts my Instagram stuff, uh, but they're all basically under the same handles. I think the, the only other one would be like my Patreon. So under Natasha Berlin Art mm-hmm. or Pot of Gold, either one, I think you should be able to find my Patreon. There's also links on Instagram. So I've been posting weekly mm-hmm. off panels there. So people will like suggest something they want to see. Like I want to see John dress mm-hmm. as a D&D character or I want to see Mia and Sai as Ariel and Scuttle from Little Mermaid. <laughs> uh, the one I drew this week was Tia at peace, like in nature. And like, I did all this crazy cross-hatching with the trees and every 10 off panels, I'm going to let them vote on their favorite and then I'll share that one publicly. So all the non-patrons will see. Ooh one in ten of the off panels yeah yeah but you know, for if, if i'll be a little bit bold and like plug it's only one dollar a month mm-hmm. if you want to see all of those so if you got the budget for it you t- definitely go yeah. check it out you won't be yeah you can recommend them too so if you've been dying to see a very specific drawing of like john and tia or or, or mia or whatever like you can request mm-hmm. it and it'll go on the list yes 
<laughs> so I'll be sure to have all of that linked down Ooh. below in the podcast. And if any of you want to go and check out Pot of Gold, I recommend it heavily because <laughs> it is such a bright read. And soon Natasha will bring back season two and you got to get hyped for it. You have to. I'm hyped. <laughs> yeah. And thank you so much for having me. Like, oh my gosh, you have like the cutest laugh and like you're just I'll brightest smile. I, most of the people listening probably can't see your smile, but like just, ah, you, you've made my evening. You gave me a reason to get dressed today so I can finish packing. And <laughs> I love listening to your podcast. And like, thank you so much for this opportunity. I just, I love being able to like just geek out and talk. And so this was really fun. Thank you for having yes, me. Thank you. <laughs> I had such a pleasure having you here. And I love having guests. So whenever you want to again. Oh, anytime. <laughs> I want to all the time. <laughs> yeah, all the time. <laughs> You'll just see her in every Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Like, do you have like a specific webtoon you like to read? Because I would love to have you on like a discussion episode or anything. You ever want to talk about Space Boy? I'm down. Okay. Yeah, we'll totally yeah. have to bring I feel like that would be the most relevant one. Like some of the other, like I'm a fan of a bunch of comics, but like that, I feel like that's one I can actually say stuff about because like I actually work mm-hmm. for Mr. McCraney now. And so I, I do the colors. For that. Yeah. It's like, I won't hog all of your podcasts, but if you do ever want to get in contact with any other creators that I'm friends with, like let me know because yeah. Love to yeah. ha- let them have this opportunity too. Yeah, I love it. It's so fun. I had such a blast when I did my first interview with Shara Jackson when I did Broke Darby. And I was just like, I didn't think I would get there <laughs> to interview somebody. And it was fascinating. I get to interview you and it's so fun. So thank you so much for being on here. Thank you and- for having Thank you for inviting me. Like when you yeah. asked, I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. You made it really. <laughs> <laughs> And I hope you get more interviews in the future. And hopefully I hope so. your webtoon. Yeah, I hope your webtoon takes off even more than it is now. Because I know it's so bright and ready to be seen by everyone in the world. Thank you. So, you're so welcome. So thank you. And I don't know if you want to say anything to the audience before we call off. <laughs> uh, as Frank James would say, stay cool and attractive. <laughs> I will see you later, guys. Bye. Bye, you guys. I had an absolute blast talking with Natasha today. I learned so much about different perspectives in comic creating, and I really feel that what Natasha spoke about today could be so beneficial to any creator who is anticipating to create their own webtoon. I also love that she is just so fun to speak with and an overall kind person. If you have not yet, go check out Pot of Gold. I will leave a link in the description as well as all the other outlets to help support Natasha. I also wanted to mention to all of you that next week will be my first week back in college as well as my birthday landing in that week as well. So next Saturday's episode may have a delay and it will be an anime episode that I recorded with some friends earlier this month. So the podcast won't be dealing with any like oh hiatus or anything i will still be making episodes uh i will just more than likely have delays every now and then due to assignments and the sort i will be adjusting to my classes and spending time with family this week so hopefully you guys will enjoy the very chill episode (laughs) 
Thank you for making my weeks a little better with your kind words and support. It really means a lot. It makes the podcast that much more enjoyable for me. And now, if you have any thoughts or opinions of what we discussed today in this episode, then feel free to message me through either of my social media handles. Both my Twitter and Instagram handles are at the Toon Balloon. I would love to hear from you. Also, definitely tell me any other webtoons, anime, or manga you are interested in, and I may talk about them in future episodes. The Toon Balloon podcast can be listened to on SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and more. Now, let's end this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today and taking the time to listen to my humble podcast. I look forward to talking with you again. This is the Toon Balloon Podcast. I was your host, Gooby. See you next time.